For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place for the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe or rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Now, on this week's show, we're going to be looking at Week 5 in the XFL. And we'll be looking to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money while betting on the LA Wildcats. And for Week 5... Uh, you have a matchup between the LA Wildcats and the Tampa Bay Vipers that will be taking place in Los Angeles on Sunday night. It will be the late game at approximately 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And if you look at the spreads, you currently have the Wildcats as a 2.5-point favorite, and the over-under is currently set at 40.5. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and start out with our analysis on the Tampa Bay Vipers. They entered this game on a high note as they were able to beat the D.C. Defenders at home last week by the score of 25 to nothing. Uh, pitched a shutout, and we're up by double digits for the majority of the game, and they completely just dominated the pace of play as well as the physicality that just completely stifled D.C.'s offense. Uh, their offense got destroyed by the Wildcats the week prior, and it appears that the defenders' offense did not get much better uh, in last week's game against the Vipers. But offensively, Tampa Bay looked a lot uh, better than they have in recent weeks as quarterback Taylor Cornelius ended up completing 24 of his 31 pass attempts for 211 passing yards. He also had one passing touchdown and one interception. However, he did not stop there as he also contributed a lot on the ground as he had 36 rushing yards along with one rushing touchdown. He possesses a lot of dual threat mobility, something that has been a common theme for the successful teams in the league so far this season is the uh, the quarterbacks that are the most, uh, you know, just the best at actually running in addition to throwing. So the quarterbacks with the best dual threat ability have succeeded the most so far in the upstart XFL so that's something to keep in mind moving forward, and hopefully the Wildcats will be able to game plan to shut down or at least limit his mobility and force him into staying into the pocket. But uh, looking at the rest of uh, last week's box score, uh, they actually had two running backs who balled out last week. Uh, running back Davion Smith had 24 carries for 122 rushing yards, and running back Jaquise Patrick had... 21 carries for 108 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. So Tampa Bay actually made history in the XFL as they ended up having two running backs who had at least 100 yards rushing. Uh, nobody had actually done that previously in the XFL. No running back even had 100 yards, uh, but Tampa Bay managed to break the record twice as both running backs they had ended up breaking that 100-yard threshold. Definitely a sign of things to come for Tampa Bay. Of course, some of that to do with game flow because they were up a large portion of the second half. Um, basically, Tampa Bay just decided we were gonna they they were gonna control the clock, run the ball, move the chains, and they pretty much just subbed Smith and Patrick in and out. And DC had no answers to speak of whatsoever in the passing uh, game. Though they did have some weapons uh, who performed pretty well. 
Uh, you had wide receiver Dan Williams, who had seven receptions for 72 receiving yards. And you also had tight end DeAndre Goolsby, who had three catches and for 41 receiving yards, along with the only uh, receiving touchdown on the team. Meanwhile, the defense played really well last week as it pitched a shutout, while also recording two sacks and forcing one turnover. So, uh, overall, pr uh, pretty much a perfect game for Tampa Bay. Uh, of course, if Cornelius could get that interception back, he would. But as a whole, 25-0, really not much to talk about. Definitely a huge win for Tampa Bay, as that was the first win in program history. And they are currently 1-3, which gives them sole possession of last uh, place in the XFL East Division. Uh, their hopes are definitely still alive to make the playoffs, based on the fact that they're only one game behind the Guardians and the Defenders. But as a whole, this team has struggled so far. Uh, this season, as they only have seven touchdowns, and they've given up nine, so they have had issues getting into the end zone. But as a whole, the Vipers are 0-2 on the road so far this season, and they will be looking for their first road win of the season on Sunday night. But whether or not they're going to be able to do so remains to be seen. Now, switching, uh, talk, switching gears, talking about the injury report, they have a couple of injuries, some key players that are worth mentioning. A wide receiver, SJ Green, has not practiced due to a knee injury. Uh, running back Davion Smith, who I mentioned before, who had 100-plus yards in last week's game, he has not practiced this week due to a foot injury, and he's currently questionable to play in this game. If he's unable to go, then I would look towards the player props on Patrick, as he should get a lot more touches uh, in this game if Smith is unable to go. But uh, keep so keep in mind his status, and if he's unable to go, expect Hambay to struggle a bit more offensively. If he is able to go, one has to wonder how... Healthy, he actually will be, and if he will play at roughly 70%, give or take. I doubt he'll be able to go at 100% or even close to it in the 90s as he has not practiced all week, and he's still dealing with a lingering foot injury. But definitely that is worth uh, keeping in mind when uh, handicapping this game. Uh, you see the line shift uh, potentially in the future that mostly will be due to the fact that Smith is either going to be pronounced active or inactive in the future, so keep that in mind. Other than that, you have linebacker. Um, Terrence Plummer, who has not practiced all week due to an illness, he's currently questionable. And you have offensive lineman John Yarborough, who has not practiced this week due to an ankle injury. Uh, all three, all four of those players are currently questionable. I'd say most of them, if not all of them, are trending towards doubtful, but that remains to be seen. Now, switching gears, talking about the LA Wildcats, unlike the Tampa Bay Vipers, they entered this game on a poor note as they ended up losing on the road to the New York Guardians by the score of 17 to 14. Josh Johnson did play well, though. He ended up completing 25 of 40 pass attempts for 325 passing yards, along with two passing touchdowns and one interception. Uh, running back Martez Carter, who had a great game two weeks ago, ended up not playing, and LA's offense definitely struggled on the ground game without him. Leading the way on the ground game was running back uh, Dewan uh, Harris, who was pretty uh, I'd say average at best. He didn't really carry the ball that much. He had five carries for a team-high 25 rushing yards. It's definitely not going to get the job done uh, moving forward. Carter, uh, if he's unable to go in this game, Harris will definitely need to step up in the future. But uh, that remains to be seen. I'm talking about the receiving core. Star receiver Nelson Spruce also did not play last week. And LA's passing offense still performed well in his absence. Uh, leading the way was wide receiver Trey, uh, Trey McBride, who had eight receptions for 127 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown. And you also had wide receiver Jordan Smallwood, five receptions for 75 receiving yards. So the receivers definitely picked up the slack uh, with Spruce out of the lineup, but Spruce is still one of the best receivers in the entire league. And the Wildcats offense definitely looks a lot better when he does uh, play because he has the ability to 
stretch the defense out, and he also provides Johnson with another uh, quality target in this league. So if he's unable to go, keep that in mind. Expect McBride and Smallwood to get more touches and more targets if Spruce is unable to go once again. However, if Spruce is able to go, I would expect Smallwood to lose out on the production. I think McBride is still a very solid receiver for a one-two punch for Spruce, and I think Smallwood would fall down to the number three spot. Other than that, though, the defense was pretty good as it only gave up 17 points. It also had four sacks and forced um, and four sacks forced a lot of pressure on Perez. But at the same point, they also forced zero turnovers, which is going to be an issue uh, as the Wildcats pretty much need to force turnovers if they plan on winning. That's why they were able to beat the guard. Uh, that's why they were able to beat the defenders two weeks ago, as they were able to force Cardell Jones into four interceptions. And even though Perez was a relative game manager and he mostly threw dump off passes to his receivers against the Wildcats last week, the Wildcats have to find a way to uh, pry the ball loose, try to force some fumbles, or even get some interceptions. Either or, they definitely need to try to shift field position by getting after opposing quarterbacks like they did, but they do need to capitalize on some potential mistakes that could be made for opposing offenses. So look for them to be a bit more aggressive in the future, especially in front of their home crowd. I expect them to force at least a turnover or two on a Sunday. And talking about the injury report, a wide receiver Nelson Spruce has not practiced week due to a knee injury, so he is currently... Uh, expected to miss this game as well. Definitely a big blow, but it is not official. I'd say he's trending towards doubtful. Other than that, though, you have kicker Nick Novak, who has not practiced week due to a knee injury. Kind of knew he did miss a very crucial field goal in the fourth quarter, which would have tied the game, but he ended up missing, and it appears that he now has a knee issue that has kept him out of practice all week. Um, if he's unable to go, it could definitely play a factor with uh, LA special teams moving forward, uh, but until it's officially announced that he will, un he's, he will be unable to go, I won't really read much into it. Definitely not looking promising. I expect him to miss probably a week or two, but keep that in mind in the future. Other than that, you have linebacker Trey Williams, who has not practiced this week due to a thigh injury. He's currently doubtful. And running back Martez Carter is currently limited with a hip injury, so he's expected to make his return after missing one week. Definitely a much-needed return for the Wildcats as he got into the end zone multiple times in the third game of the regular season. And you also have defensive end Latarius Brady, who was limited in practice week due to a knee injury, and he is currently expected to suit up as well. Could provide a bit of a punch to the Wildcats that have four sacks last week, but depth is always important with the defensive line. And if Brady is able to go, that definitely will help ration other people's uh, snaps and keep everybody relatively fresh. Now talking about my thoughts for the actual game itself, um, I'm going to lean to the Wildcats here. I think this game is a relative toss-up, and I do think that the spread is uh, pretty on point, just based on the fact that both teams are relatively even. If you follow the general rule of thumb of the home field being worth about three points, that means that the Vipers are favored by half a point or neutral. Sounds about right to me, but for me, I'm going to lean to the Wildcats at home, and I will take them by the score of 20-16, to 16, which means that I like the Wildcats minus 2.5, and, and I also like the under 40.5, and, and those are going to be my two plays on this game. Now, a couple of reasons why I like the Wildcats. First of all, they have been a lot better at home than they have on the road. Uh, if you've compared their recent numbers, of course they were terrible in Week 1 against the Roughnecks, but it turns out the Roughnecks are probably the best team in the entire league, so I can give them a bit of a pass on that one. Plus, Josh Johnson didn't even play in that game, so they did hang relatively tough for the first two quarters before the wheels fell off in the second half. Other than that, though, uh, they didn't look great against the Guardians last week, and they didn't look great against the Renegades the week prior, uh, both on the road. 
However, at home, they were able to destroy the D.C. defenders in their last home game by, uh, I mean, it's a blowout margin by around 30. So I think the Wildcats should play a lot better at home on Sunday night. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay, you have an East Coast team traveling to the West Coast, not the greatest travel spot. And the Vipers are also winless, as I said before, on the road. So I expect the Vipers to play a lot worse. Plus, I I am concerned with Smith with uh, Smith's injury uh, with the Vipers, as he ended up going for 122 rushing yards last week, and he's expected not to play. I do think that the Wildcats offense will look a lot better with Carter back in the lineup in the backfield. I expect L.A. to try to run the ball a bit more, as they pretty much abandoned the run last week entirely. Uh, but I would expect to see the Vipers try to control the clock, do what they did last week, whether Smith plays or not. I expect Cornelius to use his mobility, and I expect Patrick to handle a decent portion of the carries. Uh, in order to move the chains. The Vipers seem to have a run-first offense, and based on that, I expect them to try to milk as much clock as possible. Meanwhile, L.A. does have a lot of big playability, but with Spruce out of the lineup, most likely I do think that they will nickel and dime it a bit more. Josh Johnson's not afraid to to throw it out, but at the same point, I do think that this game will be a bit more low-scoring than Ozmakers anticipate. So for that reason, I think that the Wildcats will win a very close game by four points, and I also like the under. So once again, I like the Wildcats minus 2.5 as well as the under 40.5, and and those are my thoughts on uh, the overall game on Sunday night. And talking about some player props, I would lean into the over in rushing yards for Patrick on Tampa Bay. I don't think Smith is going to play as in practice. Definitely not a good sign. Even if he does play, he should be on a snap restriction, so keep that in mind. Other than that, for the LA Wildcats, I do expect Spruce to miss this game. Uh, it's definitely an issue when you have a wide receiver who can't really run at full strength due to a knee injury, so I expect him to be absent for this game. But in his absence, I do think that Trey McBride will step up once again. He had eight receptions for 127 yards last week. I think he should be able to get at least 80 in this game, so I would lean to the receiving yards over for McBride. Uh, other than that, though, uh, those are going to be my thoughts on the game on Sunday night. So once again, I like the Wildcats minus 2.5. I like the under 40.5. I like the Patrick over in rushing yards for Tampa Bay, and I also like the over for McBride receiving yards for the Wildcats. Other than that, though, those are my thoughts on the game. Uh, Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, that's going to be the installment of Betting Bay Area here on Thursday, March 5th. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.